was just getting caught up in the worship. And I, Bob, I, I said this first service, but man, I think it was even better second. So I want to say this to the, uh, the audience that's not able to attend. I know some can't be here for various reasons, being sick or uh, shut in. But if you can be here, you have missed it, not being here in the presence of God in the, the building. Man, um, you took us to the, to the throne, uh, Bob. Well, I'm excited to uh, be able to share with you this morning. Uh, hopefully, uh, God will continue to meet with us through the Word. And uh, we just want to be obedient to what, what God has in store for us. Uh, I told Zach last week, and I'll say this, if you were not able to be here last week, you need to watch the sermon online. Last week was probably my favorite sermon that I've ever heard preached on judging others. It was just a the way God intended it, uh, the way biblically it should be. Uh, we need to do it with a heart of love, and, and uh, I thought Zach did a great job, and so excited uh, that we get to continue to look at Matthew chapter 7 today. And uh, I was thinking as I was getting ready to come up, you know, Jesus taught this sermon, Matthew 5 through chapter 7, and he's already preached on prayer once, but he, he decides to bring it up again in the same sermon. I don't think we can ever get taught enough on how to pray. And I was thinking also, what an amazing start to a pattern of prayer in Matthew 6, our Father. And nobody was more intimate than Jesus, who knew no sin, to say, our Father, who art in heaven. What an amazing uh, God we serve. Uh, we're going to look at Matthew chapter 7, and we're only going to have four verses today. It's going to be 7 uh, through 11. If you look at the screen, the title, it says, True Prayer is Relationship. True Prayer is Relationship. I don't, I don't know about you, but a lot of times, uh, I'm a church kid. I grew up in church. I was in church every time the doors were open. And sometimes, if I'm not careful, I can get almost into a routine. And, and I can almost even, I, I'll just be honest, Sometimes I can even come, and if I'm not careful, I'll miss some of the things God's wanting to say to me, because it's just a routine. And I'll even do that sometimes when I'm praying. And God never wants us to do that. He, he knows we're human. He knows that we get caught up in pattern and routine. But God always wants prayer to be about the relationship. And so that's why I named the title, True Prayer is Relationship. And there was no greater teacher than Jesus Christ and no greater one that displayed what true relationship looked like with the Father than him. So I, I got a quote this week, a, a pastor I've never met, never heard of. Uh, it was just on the Internet. I, when I'm studying for my sermon, I, I'll look at uh, other people and see what, what they've uh, gleaned from the Word of God and and I love this quote that this guy by the name of Ernie Arnold shared. And it says this, If you treat prayer like a laundry or grocery list, it will be a second thought. 
and not a first passion. Read that one more time. If you treat prayer like a laundry or grocery list, it will be a second thought and not a first passion. I don't know about you, but I know that God wants me and the rest of us to make the relationship our first love. And, um, you know, there's many scriptures that talks about that, but the one that comes to my mind is uh, the great commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And that was uh, in Deuteronomy chapter 6. So we're going to look at a teaching on prayer, and I'm going to set it up because this, so many people have taught this reference in scripture and they taught it wrong. And uh, God is a God who is a giving father, but it's not a name it and claim it kind of God. It's just not uh, pray whatever you want to and God's going to meet whatever desire you have. That's out of context. And we have a lot of prosperity uh, preachers that preach that kind of way and it's uh, they're false teachers, to be honest. Uh, so we're going to hopefully bring this into the context that was written. And um, last week when, when Zach was sharing about the first six verses, those first six verses dealt with uh, loving your brother or your sister. It was, hey, be careful how you judge people because you're in a relationship and that's the other part of the great commandment, love others like uh, you'd have them love you. And so now we get into Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 and God goes back to the great commandment again, but he goes to the father relationship, the God relationship. And so he wants us to have an intimate father-child relationship. It's about family. And, and a lot of us have been blessed with healthy families. I know a lot have had struggles and not a healthy family. But if you've got a healthy family, then you can really understand this teaching about going to a loving father. And, and a guy I love uh, by the name of Andrew Murray, uh, that was a great man of God, a great intimate man of prayer. Uh, he wrote a book on Teach Me to Pray, incredible book. Uh, all kinds of teachings on prayer. Uh, but when I was studying, this quote really really just struck me. It's uh, on page 15 of his book. And um, I was thinking, you know, day in and day out, these men that Jesus chose to be his disciples watched Jesus. And, you know, they were slow to heart and, and didn't pick up lessons real quick. Uh, I would relate to them really well. But when I was reading this book, it sort of put in the context of these guys being around Jesus. And so I want to read this, this uh, quote from uh, Andrew Murray. It says, Jesus did not teach his disciple, disciples how to preach, but how to pray. That just struck me. To know how to speak to God is more vital than knowing how to speak to men. It is the power with God, not man, that is the supreme importance. See, Jesus knew if he could get his men to understand what it meant to be intimate with God, they wouldn't have any problem preaching because they'd have the very mouthpiece of God. And that's what he wants for you and I uh, in our walk with him. He wants us to have this intimacy. And the disciples had never seen prayer that way. And, you know, I love this 
when you get around some people that are very intimate with God and you hear them pray, it's like, wow. I'm like, man, I, I want to gravitate toward those people because I'm like, hey, will you, can I, can I just sort of rub shoulders with you? Because you've got an intimacy. I want to go deeper in my walk. Let me, let me get around you because I can tell that you are really intimate with God. And that's the same thing Jesus was trying to teach in this passage in Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. And, and guys, Jesus didn't give us a formula, okay? He gave us a relationship. And relationships are messy, and there's struggles in relationships. But he wants us to be intimate with him. It's not some do's and don'ts. We've, we've got some guidelines, but it was never about that. It was about intimacy. And so let's look at Matthew chapter 7, 7 through 11. And, and I told first service, I always would wonder, because, again, I, I have been college educated, I, so what? But I always would hear preachers when I was a kid, they say, hey, let's go back to the Greek. I want you to understand the Greek teaching of the Bible, the Hebrew or Greek, depending on what passage you was looking in. And as a kid, I kept going, why, don't, why doesn't somebody just write a Bible that says it like the Greek? Because I don't like saying hard words. So instead of me saying hard Greek words, I, I got a translation on the screen that's from the Holman Christian Standard Bible that says it exactly like the Greek is written. So let's look at it. Matthew 7, 7 through 11, it says this. Keep asking, and it will be given to you. Keep searching, and you will find. Keep knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who searches finds, and the one who knocks, the door will be opened. What man among you, if his son asks him for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If, then, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? Well, that makes sense, right? Who would give their child that they love something that would be harmful to them? No one unless they're just purely wicked. Now, we're living in a time that that happens, but a good father doesn't do that. And so, so Jesus sets the stage, and he's already taught him the pattern of prayer, but he gets to chapter 7. He goes, hey, guys, I want to take you to another level in prayer. I want you to get so intimate that you can be intimate just like I am with my father. And so he says, keep on asking. So we're, I want to I set this up before I, I'm jumping ahead. Let me, let me back up. There's conditions before we get into the, the famous passage that we have read many times. There's conditions in your relationship, a father-child relationship. The first condition Luke eleven thirteen 13 is a, a, a continuation of this passage. Look what it says, verse 13. If you then, though you're evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? He said, hey, first, 
You've got to have a relationship. You've got to be one of my children. If you're not a child of the king, if you don't have that father-son-daughter relationship, then you're excluded. You, you can't have this right. So he says, so if you want to be a part of my family, then ask to receive me. Let me be part of you. Uh, let me let you be one of my children. And that's what we call receiving Christ into our heart is, is saying, God, I want you to live inside of me, the Spirit of God. And so he says, if anyone is in that category, let him ask for the Holy Spirit. So that would be if you don't know God, but also there's another teaching in the Scripture that says, uh, be ye filled with the Spirit of God. You know what God knows? He knows that this world continually beats us down. And so, as a Christian, every day you need to be asking God, Hey God, I, I, I've been beat down by the world, so I prefer in the morning, but hey God, fill me with your spirit. I want to obey the command where it says be filled, because I don't want to be filled with the world. Matter of fact, I was talking to somebody in first service, and I said, Man, there's nothing to watch on TV. I mean, nothing. I'm a football fan. I've got to wait till football season. I mean, there's nothing to watch. I don't want to be filled with that trash. So you first have to be a child of his. And John 1.12 says, But to all who did receive him, he gave the right to be children of God who believe in his name. So you just got to be willing to ask, and then you'll be a part of his family. And I would even say right now, you don't have to come to the altar. You don't have to talk to me. You could do that right in your seat. If God's moving on your heart, you could say, hey, you know what? I'm not waiting until the service is over. Hey, God, I need you now. I, I want to be a, your child right now. You can do that. Don't delay. If that's what God's telling you to do, man, do it. And then if that's what you're doing, God wants you to tell somebody, please come after service. Tell me. Hey, man, I just asked God to change my heart and my life. Um, but if you're a child, there's another scripture I love that's not on the screen, but 1 John 3.22 says, we can receive whatever we ask from him because we keep his commands and do what pleases him in his sight. So we're getting ready to get to the condition. God says, hey, you want to ask anything in my name? First, you got to be my child. Second, you got to be obeying what I've told you to do. So that's where the intimacy is. That's why it's not about a formula. You've got to be intimate with God so you can obey God. That's why we constantly tell you, man, the Word of God's important. It's an active, it's a living book. Man, it'll change your life if you submit to it, which is the uh, last thing as we get into Matthew 7, the context, the last thing you've got to do before you can ask and receive is this james 4 3 and it's not on your screen either i just want you to, to hear this you ask and don't receive because you ask with wrong motives i don't know how many times even now sometimes my motives is not completely pure and i'll ask things i used to when I was younger, I used to ask really stupid things and try to make it sound good for God. Hey, God, if you'll give me that sports car convertible that I can't afford, 
Man, I'm going to use that for your glory. God's going, man, that's selfish. That's the wrong motive. No. But if my, my motive is right and I go, hey, hey, Daddy, you've got exactly, you know exactly what's right for me, and I'm willing for you to say yes, no, or wait, then God's going to begin to answer your prayers. Now, again, he doesn't always say yes. I used to wonder, I'm like, why does God sometimes take so long to answer prayer? Well, I can just say in my own life, when I've had an extreme burden, there is no greater time of intimacy with God. When, when you've got just an overwhelming burden, and you're crying out to your dad, and your dad's saying, hey, you got to wait. It's like, boy, sometimes I miss that intimacy when I'm going through a trial. I, I'm not going to lie to you, I miss it. I can remember a few years back going through some tremendous trial. And I would beg God and beg God and beg God. And he kept going, no, not yet, not yet, not yet. But boy, when he finally said yes, talking about worship God you're good I'm going to worship you God but you have to have those things right before you can get to the ask um, matter of fact I want to go to the uh, slide ask ask keep on asking it was like the young boy, his dad was getting ready to tuck him into bed. And I'll be honest, I miss those days. That, that's some fun times as a dad. Some of the, some things not so much, but tucking your kids into bed, that was one of my favorite things because it, it would be such a sweet time. And anyway, uh, it was the boy's bedtime. He's like, okay. And so they went up to bed and dad's tucking him in and he starts saying his prayers and he's going, uh, Lord, you've been so good to me. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my mom and dad. Thank you for my dog. Thank you for my toys. You know, kids are so honest. And then he got to this part and he goes, and he just got loud. He's like, and God, please, please give me that red bicycle for my birthday. And then he said it again, and God, please give me that red bicycle for my birthday. And his dad is like, Son, God's not deaf. You don't have to scream. And he says, but Grandma's sort of hard of hearing. <laughs> he understood the relationship of his grandma. You know, kids, it doesn't bother them to ask, right? They, they don't have any problem. I was telling last service, uh, my nephew, he is six. They came up last weekend and we went to the flea market. If you go to the flea market with a six-year-old, you better be willing to buy something. And I mean, the whole time, I mean, we ain't even got there yet. Hey, I, I, I got money. I, of course, he didn't, you know, whatever. But kids don't understand money. But uh, we get there, and I mean, every booth. It didn't matter what it was. Hey, I, but he got fixated on packs of cards. He, didn't, he, he don't even collect cards. 
He didn't even know what they were, but he, he wanted ball cards or Pokemon cards or Star Wars cards. And so we're going through, and he's like, hey, can I get this? 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 And we went through, and I didn't phase him. No, we're not getting that right now. No, no. Can we get this? So finally, we get him a pack of Star Wars cards. But, you know, that would... That was good. But then he knew that he could keep asking. So, hey, can I get, and we ended up buying, I think, four things at the flea market. Just nothing. Didn't, wasn't even much money. But, man, he was happy. And that's the same way in the, the context of Matthew 7. It says, you keep asking. It's not a nuisance. Because a loving dad wants to please his child. And, you know, it, it's fun when you're the hero dad or the hero mom and you can give your child something that makes them happy even if it's 10 minutes. You know, we, we had bought him some uh, uh, gumball-type toys out of the machine. I didn't realize gumball machine, it went from 25 cents to 75 cents. Uh, so I was in culture shock, but but I used to be a hero dad for a dollar or two, and uh, you know my kids get three things, and they'd be like, "You're the greatest dad." But you know what? Again, that's the context of prayer. God says, "Hey, I'm an intimate father. You're my child. Hey, don't think you're bothering me. Keep asking. I love it. Keep asking. It's intimacy." But the second thing that he talks about is seek. Keep on seeking. Urgently petition. That's what it means to seek. To urgently petition or crave something. Now, now think about it. You're asking. That's, that's one part of it. But then it goes to the next level. No, I'm not just asking anymore. Now I'm going to seek. Now, what does that look like? Well, I could give you several examples in the Bible of what that looks like. You know what it looks like when you go from just asking to seeking? How about the woman of the night that was well-known all over town, and she decided she was going to break protocol and go into a man's house of prominence? where Jesus was reclined at the table, she goes, I'm not content just to ask. I'm going to go another step further. I'm urgent about this. I've got a craving to be clean. And so she goes to Jesus, and you know the story. She anoints his body before he's going to die. And you remember what Jesus did? Hey, go your way. You have been forgiven. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be satisfied unless I keep pursuing. See, that's what I call the co-partnering in prayer. It's not just asking anymore. You're going, hey, God, it's like uh, if you know somebody and you've been praying for them that they're lost, you need to keep praying for sure. But maybe God said, hey, you're going to be the vessel to go reach them for Christ. That's when you go seek. 
I'm not just going to keep praying about it. I'm going to make a phone call. I'm going to go make a visit because I'm, I'm desperate. I'm urgent. I have a craving to see this prayer request met. And see, that's where Jesus was in teaching the disciples. It's not just enough. Remember when uh, the disciples couldn't uh, heal a demon-possessed per, uh, child? Remember what Jesus said? Hey, this one, this kind of request, you got to have a deeper intimacy, intimacy with God. you got to have prayer and fasting. You know, when we, when we fast uh, in our prayers, it's almost the same thing you're seeking. You're saying, hey, God, I crave you, and I crave the request that I'm asking of you more than food. And so God says, hey, you want to go to that level? Hey, man, seek. But I want to see if you really want the prayer request. Because a lot of times people pray, and they'll ask for a while, and then they just they quit praying. I've done that. And God goes, no, you really want to go to the next level? Man, you don't give up. You get even more intense. Like Zacchaeus, remember what he did? He so wanted to be in the presence of Jesus. The crowd was too much. And he goes, I know what I'll do. I'll go way down the road because I know he's going to eventually get here. I'm going to climb the tree and then I'll see him. And God says, Jesus says, I'll honor that kind of asking and then go on the next level. You seeking me, Zacchaeus? I'm going to meet in your house today. Remember what happened? Zacchaeus was never the same. He started an intimate relationship with God that day. Matter of fact, he changed his neighborhood the rest of his life. Gave back fourfold of what he had cheated people from. That's what it means to seek. I'm going to say this because I just... I, I, God is much more concerned about you seeking him than protocol, than doing everything the way it's always done. When you read the Bible, is it not constantly filled with Jesus doing something because he knew God told him to do it? And even though it didn't make sense, he goes, hey, God, you're first and foremost. I'm going to seek you. The woman bleeding. Instead of Jesus going to heal Jairus' daughter, he stops. That didn't make any sense. That woman was seeking him, and he said, hey, I'm going to honor that. So guys, this is an intimate prayer where the level just keeps going up. Ask, then you seek, and you keep seeking relentlessly. And then lastly, says knock. Or the, uh, the Greek says, keep on knocking. What does keep on knocking look like? You're not going to be satisfied until you get an answer. Isn't that what people do if, if you're wanting to see someone? You'll knock until they open the door. I remember going, used to go visiting. When we'd go out in the neighborhoods, the, the guy that was showing me what it was about. He goes, hey, man, he, he ran an old truck. He said, when you knock, 
He said, you do the oil truck knock, cash on delivery. He said, because I have to get paid when I'm doing oil deliveries. Now, we were doing this and just uh, trying to reach people for the gospel. Man, we had not, man. It was almost embarrassing. I mean, I was like, man, I hope that's a sturdy door because it's going to come down. But you know what? I started doing that when I was going visiting because I thought, nobody's going to tell me I didn't come to their door. <laughs> if I'm making a visit, you're going to know I'm there. So don't think I'm being rude. I just I want to make sure you know I tried to make contact. But Jesus says, hey, you keep knocking. It's like the story in Luke 18, the persistent widow. Remember what she did? The judge says, man, I don't, I don't care what your case is. And the widow goes, that's okay. I'm just going to keep coming to your business door. Hey, I'm just going to keep coming to your business door. I'm not going away. But the difference is that judge didn't even like her. God goes, hey, you keep coming to me. You're not bothering me. I want to bless you. I want to give to you. I want to meet some of the desires according to my will and bless you. Hey, this doesn't bother me. Don't give up. It makes me think of Revelation 3.20 that Jesus, when he was speaking to the church, he said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. It's like the song we sang, Reckless Love. And Jesus is constantly pursuing you. He's constantly searching for the lost coin, the lost sheep, all the stories we've heard over and over. He's constantly, hey, I'm right here. Man, I'm, I'm a loving dad. Just keep knocking. I'll open the door to you, and I'll, I'll have fellowship with you. I'll be intimate with you. I so want to have that intimacy with God. God so wants you to have that intimacy with him. If we have that kind of intimacy with God, I can't wait to see the kind of answer to prayer he's going to show his church. My prayer is that Richlands, Claypool Hill, Lebanon begins to see God's people have such intimacy with him, they're going, I don't know what's happening on that hill, but I know one thing, I'm going to be on that hill because God meets there. And God don't only meet there, but his people goes out from there, and there's something different about the people at Community Heights that we want to be a part of that kind of thing because they've got this love, they've got this love for God and people that we've never seen before. And guys, that happens through intimacy with our Father. Let's pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. I can't even believe that I can speak to you as my daddy. You are creator God, eternally present, the great I am, and I can speak to you directly as a child speaks to his own daddy. Jesus, help me be an obedient child. that loves his dad enough to ask and then seek 
and then knock. May we glorify you as a body of believers here on this hill. May you draw people to Christ that have watched our services. May you show your face, may your face shine down upon your people. Not because we're worthy, but because you are. We pray it in the name above all names, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.